Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to the very first episode of 2024 of The Crystal Payne Show. Today, we're changing things up a little bit, as pun intended fully, uh, because instead of talking about goals, which I think usually at the beginning of the year when we do a podcast episode, we talked about the word of the year, goals, Mm -hmm. we're talking about five things we're changing in 2024. And it's kind of a different perspective on goals. Because if we really boiled these things down, there are some goal things at their root, but it's a different twist on it because I think that it helps us to really think, okay, what is our end game here? Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to set a goal. I want to read this many books this year. I want to lose this much weight, or I want to be more active, or I want to whatever. But where we're talking about what we're changing, we're changing it for a specific purpose. And so I think it puts purpose behind why we're doing what we're doing. So Jesse and I have been talking the last few weeks about some changes for 2024 and really nailing down. We have some other things that we've talked about and some goals that are separate from these things. But really, as we think about what are the kind of key areas that we want to focus on, change, work on, make a priority in 2024. These are five areas. And the first three are actually fairly related, but they are separate changes. And I don't want to lump them all into one because I really think that sometimes you can set yourself up for failure when you try to do too much. And so if we lump them all into one and then had to come up with a lot more, like we said, we want to have five changes. We lump these all into one. It might be setting ourselves up for too much. So five, that feels doable. So the first change, we are setting the, I guess, goal. The uh, It's not even the goal. We have set a specific reason that we need to be out the door by a specific time. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of created this outside accountability for ourselves. Right. Which is what I need, frankly. (laughs) Yes. I think it's what we both need. I think it's a good thing for both of us. So Kirsten is starting preschool at this little classical school that Silas and Caitlin went to a few years ago. We loved it. And we just felt like she needs something more. And um, especially in the mornings when I'm working, we've just felt like she, it's just going to be a good thing for her. At least we're going to test it out. We will mm-hmm. see. I always hold my hands open and we'll see what, see what God has, see how it goes. But it seems like it's going to be a great fit. It's kind of a Charlotte Mason Montessori combination model. And she's going to do four days a week and it'll just be in the mornings. And so we were able to set it up because this school is so little and so adaptable and flexible that she will be going the same mornings that David goes to school. And so he goes to school Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. He has Wednesdays off. So she's going to do the same schedule as well. 
And so in order to get her to school on time and take her in, Mm -hmm. go potty, get her situated, all of that, we need to be out the door at 7.25 a.m. And so this is going to be really great for us because we decided that we would both go and we would take all three kids because then you are going to drop me off at the co-working space that I've been working at that we did another podcast episode talking about how much of a difference that has made. So this is going to force me out the door to get there early. And then you're going to drop me off so that I am stuck there. (laughs) Again, this forced outside accountability, but I will then have this uninterrupted time to really get the focus work done. And then you're going to go take David to school and then have a little bit of time with Micah, just you and him, and then come pick, go pick David up, then go pick Kirsten up and then pick me up. So during what had been your time in the morning of watching the kids, you're now going to be running a glorified Uber service (laughs) (laughs) Um, and have a little bit of time with Micah. But I think that overall, It's going to be a great change for all of us because it's going to really encourage us to get out the door. Yep. And get everything together the night before, get everything together the morning of, and be ready. Yes. So we will see. This will be interesting. We've never had the... um, situation where we've had little ones that we've needed to consistently get all of them out the door. But we've done really well with getting David out the door to Mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. He has not been late one time. He has been the last person dropped off multiple times, but that's okay. He's been within the time frame of drop off. So I really feel like we can do this. Um, And some of you are probably laughing because you have to get your kids out the door at 6 a.m. or something. But for us, this is going to be a a new and good challenge. But then we had to kind of reverse engineer. Okay, so that is the goal. That's the thing we're changing, getting up and out the door at 7.25 a.m., four mornings a week. So then what do we need to do elsewhere in order to make that happen? So the second change is getting the little kids to bed by 7.30 p.m. every night. And again, some of you are listening going, uh, my little kids go to bed at seven o'clock or six thirty or even six o'clock. Wow. Yes. We have never been a family of consistent times. <laughs> I was gonna say early bedtimes, but also consistent times. Yes. And I think there's this interesting challenge when you have older kids and younger kids at the same time. When you have teenagers and you have toddlers, it's just this interesting challenge because you don't want to miss out on the things that the teenagers are doing. But you also need to make sure that you're getting in, that your little ones are getting enough sleep. And so kind of the compromise that we have made is we have them sleep in in the mornings. Right. And that's been fine, but it also is a real lack of consistency because some nights we will be out till quite late. And some nights we'll be home. And so their bedtime can vary significantly. And, you know, we've made it work, but I just am feeling like for the health of everyone and for some more consistency, especially 
David seems to thrive on consistency. Micah seems to really thrive on consistency. And, you know, Kirsten is, I mean, they're all flexible because that's how they've been raised. Right. But we see the benefits of more consistency. And so we're going to try this again. It's going to be a challenge, but we're going to try this because we feel like that this is going to be something that is going to be a healthy change for all of us. And I think the other biggest thing is it's going to allow not only them to have that consistent good sleep, and I think they're going to sleep better, but for us to have some space in the evenings and some ability to just have a little bit of breathing room, because that's been Mm -hmm. something that you and I have both just felt like we haven't had enough quiet spaces in our life. And through the school year, Silas and Caitlin usually go to bed quite early. Like as soon as they get home, if they've been out, Silas has a game or whatever, yeah, you know, they, they do. They're really well. They do really well at policing themselves. Yeah. They go to bed. They're, they're good about getting good sleep and stuff. So I recently made another change that I've been testing, kind of test driving in December, then to be able to roll it out in January that is related to this as well. But Jesse, first, did you have anything else you wanted to say on that? You know, I'm looking forward to this this change because one area where I don't struggle with consistency is... Oh, what in, is I'm just really, I'm really curious to know how this sentence is going to end. In being inconsistent. Okay. I was say. <laughs> so <laughs> I am consistently inconsistent. I think, okay, so here's my theory though. I do think that there are different personality types and I think certain personality types thrive uh-huh. on consistency. And I think other personality types can feel real caged in and boxed in with having the same, same, same. And it's interesting because I can be the kind of person I can wear the same outfit over and over and over again, wear the same jewelry, wear my hair the same way, wear my makeup the same way, eat the same food over and over and over and over and over again. Those types of things for me, I don't need a ton of variety. Like I, I am good with that. It's like decision fatigue. I, I want to avoid decision fatigue. So I just eliminate as many decisions as possible. But when it comes to the daily schedule, mm-hmm. I think that I can get bored really easily if there's the same, same, same. I agree. So I feel like you have a similar personality that if we would always do the same thing in the same way, you're like, I just need to breathe. I need to be a rebel or something. Like I feel like there's a little bit yeah. of that. And so I think one of the reasons why we're trying to set this up how we are is that we're saying, Four mornings a week, we're getting up and out the door by 725. Now, Sunday mornings, we are, you know, get out the door for church. Mm-hmm. So that's, so it's not 725, but it's fairly early. But I think allowing ourselves the space for Saturday mornings, we can sleep in and sure. have just a really chill morning and Wednesday mornings as well. I, that is the day that I'm planning to stay home, not go to the co-working space, and I will have any interviews that I am recording for someone else's podcast or a TV interview or radio interview, I'm scheduling those for Wednesdays only. And then if I have any in-person interviews for the podcast, uh, I'm going to try 90 to 95% of the time, I'm going to only schedule those on Wednesdays with some rare exceptions. And so 
we will still be, you know, needing to get up, but it will, I think, to be able to have that slower morning on Wednesday, slower morning on Saturday. So kind of every few days we get to change things up a little bit. I think for you and I. Yeah, I, I can I can see where I can see both sides of that argument. But I think that the key is is if you are going to have a consistent routine. I'm not going to say schedule necessarily because uh, I think a routine is a thing, certain things that you do in a certain order, not necessarily by a certain time. Um, it's good to have that, just not have very many things in that routine. So that way you don't get overwhelmed and, and feel shame for not being able to get certain things done. You know, allow yourself to have that freedom as well. Well, it goes along with me talking at the beginning about only setting five. Right. That's what I, that, that that's one thing that made me think of that. Because if you set up this impossible routine for the evening or for the morning, especially if you have any potential for interruptions, whether you have a job that you get a lot of interruptions, you're caring for an elderly parent, or you have teenagers, or you have children that are younger, there are going to be interruptions. And so setting things up so that you have the breathing room and the space for those interruptions, Mm -hmm. and then it doesn't become frustration. It doesn't become the thing where you are trying so hard to do this thing and you're constantly being you know, annoyed that someone else is not following your plan. Um, And so I think for us really trying to set up, okay, what are the few basic things we need to do in the morning to get out the door? What can we do the day before to set ourselves up for success? And so that lends itself to, well, getting the kids to bed early. Mm -hmm. And then third change is me shutting screens down at 8.30, which... I came on Instagram the beginning of December, knowing that this change was looming in January and thinking, I really need to get this under control of me wanting to stay up really late at night. And I have for the longest time made a lot of excuses for why I stay up late at night. Mm -hmm. It can be, well, we have teenagers and a lot of times they want to talk at night, which you know, multiple times a week, they do want to talk at night, but typically it's on the weekends because like we said, they 95% of the time throughout the school year go to bed at a very decent hour. Like they're in bed before we are in bed. They're asleep well before we are asleep. Or I'll say, well, it's, it's the business, you know, I've got stuff that I need to do, but if I'm being very honest, most of the time it's that it just feels really nice that the house is quiet and I'm just sitting there with nobody needing me. And so then I start scrolling on my phone, reading about people I don't know, digging into all the crevices of their life and mm-hmm. reading the past two years of what they've posted on Instagram or something like that. Like I'm staying up or we're watching a show that it would still be there the next night. Right. could turn it off. Right. And so I think it's, it's a, it's a self-discipline issue. Yeah. Like for me, it's a self-discipline screen issue as I've been test driving this. So setting the goal or just saying I am turning screens off at eight 30 And I have been putting do not disturb on my phone. And 
if need be, I can even take the apps off of my phone so that I'm not distracted. But here's the thing that I found. Okay, so the first few nights I started doing this, it was the weirdest thing because I went to bed early. There was nothing to do. It was like, it's so quiet. Mm -hmm. I don't have the distraction of my phone or my computer, so I can't do work or fall down the rabbit hole of Instagram. So I took a bath and read a book and went to bed. And the world didn't fall apart. Nothing was worse for it. And I slept so much better and I felt so much better. And I realized the problem is not all the different things and people I've been saying are the reason. The problem is me Hmm. and my lack of self-discipline and screens. And so turning do not disturb on. And publicly putting it out there. Like I've, on Instagram, if you don't follow me, I'm the money seaman mom on Instagram. And I've basically been trying to post a screen at 8.30 that shows do not disturb for my public accountability. Because <laughs> then once I posted it, I feel like you can't get back I on. can't get back on. I cannot bypass that do not disturb and go post something or respond to somebody or send a message or whatever because people are going to see me. And I've publicly put it out there. So that's been really, really good for me. So I think this all plays together. Me, you know, us saying, okay, we're going to put the kids to bed by 7.30 and really trying to start putting them to bed at 7. And then that gives us a little bit of breathing room. So it takes a little bit longer sometimes as long as they're in bed asleep by 8. And an hour window by and large is always enough time. Now I say that, and then like the first two weeks, they're going to take three hours to get to sleep. But anyway, we've been practicing this and they've been doing really well. Then to me say, okay, 8.30, screens turn off and I can read a book, take a bath. And the other thing that I've been doing is getting ready the night before. And so then in the morning, I don't have to shower. And so then that's been saving me so much time. I can just get up and put my clothes on and put my makeup on and I'm good to go. And I can get out the door so much quicker. So by shutting screens down, it's allowed me to do that. The other thing that it's challenged me to do is to be more efficient in my work time because I can't be like, well, I'll just do that tonight. After the kids go to bed, I'm just going to do that. And so that's been really helpful as well. And I think us having the plan of you dropping me off the co-working space too, for me to have a few days a week where I have this long block of uninterrupted time there that I'm forced into because you're dropping me off and picking mm-hmm. me up, then I also will be able to get a lot of work done during that time. So those are three things we're changing in 2024. Getting up and out the door by 7.25 a.m., four days a week, little kids to bed by 7.30 p.m., at least those four nights. And I'm hoping there's going to be the trickle down effect that most of the other nights, they're also going to be going to bed. I'm going to give ourselves a little bit of grace that on Friday nights and Saturday nights, if we want to go out and do something, stay up later, whatever, those are the off nights that we don't have to stick with that. Because I think it's nice, like we talked about, to have that flexibility. We don't want to always be like, nope, can't do anything after 6.30 p.m., got to be home. I think it's we've found at least that there's there is it's life giving to sometimes right. quote unquote break the rules whatever, and then turning on do not disturb no screens after eight thirty and the other thing that I am doing 
with that is I when I write out my time block to-do list that I've talked a lot about online and here on the show, I had been planning many times for my day to not end until maybe 9 or 9.30. And by that, I mean you had working, up, spots. working up until, let's say, 5 or 6, and then taking a break for dinner and family time, but then putting some yeah. more stuff on after mm-hmm. that. So I'm going to try to really have my shutting down time be 4 p.m. Now that I won't shut down at 4 p.m., but that will give me the wiggle room so that I can hopefully be sh- thinking of, okay, I'm not going to plan anything after that work-wise. And then hopefully that will allow me to, by 8.30, I can yeah. reasonably shut. Because that, that way, if you don't exactly finish by that end time of 4 o'clock, it bleeds over. You've got that cushion built in. I've got a cushion. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. If you've heard me talk at all over the last few years, you know that I went through a season where I had very severe seasonal allergies and it took me a while to figure out what was triggering it. And it was debilitating. If you've ever suffered from this, I actually had my polyps got really swollen in my nose and then I got chronic rhinitis. So I could not smell out of my nose. And not only that, but I would have these really awful headaches, the kind that just kept me from being able to enjoy my life. And I started going to an ENT and one of the things that he recommended was Claritin D. And so for a time period, I took Claritin and it was such a help to me. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. It works so well. I am a living testament to how well it works. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. So if you've ever suffered from seasonal allergies, if you can relate to kind of some of the things that I have experienced and you want some relief... I highly recommend checking out Claritin D. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart, and I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in, and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. 
Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember. And styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amoir a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amoir.style forward slash crystal. That is amoir.style A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoir today. So that kind of leads itself into the fourth change, and that is I'm making some changes on the blog. And most of you know that I have blogged for, this is going to be my 20th year of being on the internet and a blogger fashion. I started on Live Journal in 2004. So 2024, 20 years. <laughs> I was on the internet before then. I had a I had a website back before like people were into having websites back before there were blogs were a thing. I'm having flashbacks. Yep. Yes, but I started blogging 
in an online journal in 2004 and started my actual blog on Blogger in 2005. But um, I have slowly over the last two years, we've grown the team. We've grown kind of the voices of who post on social media, on not on my social media, on Instagram, because the money saving mom, no one else even has my password. So I probably should give that to someone at some point because I guess you can get in, get on through my phone um, if I pass away or something. But um, anyway, so I am the one who takes care of everything on that social media platform. But all the other platforms, the blog, Facebook, our MSM Deals account, Pinterest, I have help. And Mm -hmm. I am actually not even really doing more than overseeing. I mean, I will sometimes post on some of the places, but for the most part, other people are doing the heavy lifting in those places. And so moneysavingmom.com more and more has become a group of voices, not just my space. Like it no longer is sort of my blog. And that's been an intentional change because I wanted to have spaces like the podcast, like Instagram, and like my personal email newsletter that are just really me personally running this and it's not other voices. Um, And I can't be all the places and I can't do all the things. And so this year we shifted that even more. And so I was still though trying to write multiple blog posts a week and was feeling like I wasn't showing up any place well, honestly. Instagram, maybe a lot of the time I feel like I'm showing up there well, but I want to be writing more blog posts and sending a personal email newsletter every week and doing a better job of promoting the podcast and all the things like that. And there just wasn't enough of me to go around. So a big change that we're making is I am going to be shifting where my voice is to Instagram, the podcast, and my personal email newsletter. So I will still on moneysavingmom.com be sharing my grocery shopping trip and menu. And then that will be on Mondays. And then on Fridays, I'm going to do a weekly recap post, which will share the podcast that came out that week. It'll share any interviews or posts or things that I did on somebody else's site and anything noteworthy, newsworthy, and then also teasing what is going to go out in the next day's email newsletter. So instead of me feeling like I need to be sharing posts almost every single day with pictures from our family and talking, giving family updates and life updates and book reviews and all the things that I had been doing, we're kind of consolidating all of those things into my weekly email newsletter. Not only does that allow me to then do a better job in fewer spaces, but also it allows me to have a little bit more freedom because I was feeling, especially with book reviews and some other things, like if I posted on the blog, the whole entire world could potentially see it. Now, anybody can read my email newsletter as well, but you have to go to a little bit more effort. You have to care a little bit more to sign up for the email newsletter and open it up and read it. So it feels like it's just a much more exclusive group of people. Now, I don't charge for it. I mean, it's completely free. But also moving from the my personal voice to those three spaces, it gives people options because 
a lot of people won't listen to a podcast. So for those of you who are listening to this podcast, thank you so much. Like we really, really appreciate you. We love getting to do this. It's a special space that there's no other place on the internet that Jesse, you and I are sharing our voice together. And it's it's really special and I love it and zero plans to quit it. I am so excited about what's coming in 2024 and the different guests that we'll get to interview as well. But a lot of people aren't going to listen to a podcast and they want things in written form. They also maybe aren't on social media. And so the places that really I'd been sharing, the podcast and Instagram, there were a lot of people who weren't hearing or seeing that stuff because they don't listen to podcasts, aren't on social media. So me being a lot more intentional every Saturday morning, my personal email notes that are coming out, that's the space where I can share those things with the people who won't listen to a podcast, won't follow on Instagram. But the other thing is there will be a little bit of overlap. Like I'll talk about the podcast and I'll share maybe more in depth some of the things that I talked about on Instagram, maybe share some pictures from what I shared on Instagram. But I'm also going to be sharing a lot more information that is not going to be anywhere else on the internet. So if you're not subscribed to my personal email newsletter, here's the plug for it. I'd love for you to go and subscribe. That's where all of my book reviews are going to be. And I'm pretty honest in my book reviews. Also movies that we're watching, shows that we're watching, things that I'm learning, um, anything that I'm really excited about, what I'm loving, links, product recommendations, all of that will be in the personal email newsletter. So we will link to that in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us there. So that will be every Saturday morning is the plan. I can't promise that it will be 52 weeks, but I'm going to aim for 45 to 50 weeks out of this next year. I think I can do that. I'm going to give myself a few weeks that I can take off before on vacation or something like that. But I'm, I'm really excited about getting back into that. And the other thing that I've changed in order to make that happen is I'm working on the email newsletter every single day. So every day, I'm spending 10 or 15 minutes and writing little tidbits so that when I get to Friday, when I need to schedule it, it's not like I have to write this whole thing from scratch. Mm-hmm. And throughout the week, I'll think of, oh, I want to talk about that product or, oh, we watched that show or, oh, I finished that book. And so then I can talk about when it's really fresh and I just finished it or we just watched it or, or I just used that and I'm excited about it. So that's another change. And then finally... This one is for our marriage because we did an episode recently talking about our marriage. And that's the thing that had really kind of taken the beating this year, got the leftovers if there were any leftovers. And so we really want to do a good job of prioritizing our marriage. So we came up with this idea completely and completely ripped off of (laughs) Felicia Masonheimer. Um, That is to do ABC date nights. Now, what are ABC date nights? Well, that is that we're going to pick a letter of the alphabet. We're going to go in order and we're going to plan a date night around that letter. So for instance, A, you could go to Applebee's or apple picking, or I don't know, we could make apple butter. (laughs) Anything other than apple? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You watch Amazing Race. I don't know. Like it, it, it can be anything. And and the other thing is, is that we can get totally creative. Like there are right. no rules, but the goal of this is to one, keep us accountable for having date nights. Two, to keep track of how many we've had because there are 26 letters in the alphabet. And so the goal is that we will have gotten through all 26 letters in the year. And then three, to change things up, to not get stuck in a rut. And so coming up with creative ideas 
for every week and us taking turns planning it based upon whatever the letter is. And I already have thought of, for instance, Caitlin for Christmas gave me a Cheesecake Factory gift card. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm taking C. I got C. Um, and so I'm just, I'm really excited about just kind of a fresh idea uh, on date nights, something new and interesting, different twist. We'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. But really the goal is by the end of the year, 26 date nights. And so when are we going to do those? Well, when we talked about our schedule, leaving Friday and Saturday nights open that we can be able to plan a date night for either of those nights. Now, obviously there are a lot of weeks where there will be something going on one or both of those nights. And so that's why we plan to get through 26 dates in a year versus 52. Mm -hmm. And so we, the goal is to have a date every week, but if it doesn't happen every week, we've got some wiggle room there. And when I pitched this idea to you, you seemed really excited about it. Yeah. And so we'll see as the year goes on. But I think we kind of had also gotten in just even the thought of planning date nights because there's just so much else going on. I feel like having some parameters yeah. kind of gives you some extra inspiration instead of just being like, hey, we should go on a date. What should we do? Being like, hey, it's the week for the letter A. It's your time. It's letter W. It's your, you know, right. like it's my time or whatever. And us then thinking of ideas. And so then kind of tabling that oh, it'd be fun to do that. Okay, well, let's put that down for when it's the R week and then we already can know right. what we're going to do. So we'll see. We'll keep y'all posted and I'll probably share on Instagram some of our favorite date nights, but thanks to Felicia and her husband for this great idea. I mean, I think it's going to be a great idea. So there you have it. Five things we're changing in 2024. Getting up and out the door at 7.25 a.m., little kids to bed by 7.30 p.m., no screens after 8.30 p.m., moving the blog post and my personal writing mostly to the personal email newsletter and podcast and Instagram, and so fewer blog posts by me. I did want to say on that, that doesn't mean that there are going to be fewer content pieces. We have already brainstormed, and we're actually excited. This is going to give me freedom to be able to brainstorm some new, fresh money-saving content for moneysavingmom.com because I'm not going to feel like I need to be writing all this other content. So I'm very excited about that because I've got a lot of ideas. I just haven't had the space and then have someone who's going to help me with kind of compiling and editing those ideas as well. So that's going to save some time. And then finally, ABC date nights. So those are our five changes for 2024. We'd love to hear from you. What are some things that you are changing in 2024? Send us an email or send a message on Instagram. We love hearing from you. My email is crystal at moneysavingmom.com. I hope you have a wonderful 2024 and we will be back next week. And before I let you go, one more thing I want to let you know that we are launching something really exciting on moneysavingmom.com. We've put a lot of work and effort into it over the last few months it is coming January 4th. You do not want to miss it. It is something to help you with planning menus. And I have put so much time and thought and effort into this and just am really, really excited about it. 
We have a little freebie that you can download if you're listening to this before January 4th, and it is called 60 Meals to Make Instead of Getting Takeout. So if one of your goals for 2024 is to spend less money, to eat less takeout, we have got you covered because this is 60 really easy meals that will keep you from going through drive through or getting on DoorDash and uh, getting something from DoorDash or going and getting takeout. So you can download that at the link in the show notes and then stay tuned January 4th. Big news, big stuff coming. I will be announcing it on moneysavingmom.com as well as on Instagram. So I hope you're as excited as I am. I hope your year is kicking off well. We can't wait to be sharing more with you in 2024. Thanks for being here. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 